Welcome to Question Your Garden, an introspective podcast intended for self-exploration and personal development. I'm your host, Alicia, and I'm the crazy human who thought chatting about my own mental health journey might be helpful for you. I do hope you'll stick around. Now, it needs to be said, this podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment or diagnoses. You should always consult with your doctor or therapist before making any changes to your treatment. Remember, I'm just a person on the internet talking about my own personal experiences and am in no way qualified to make life-changing decisions for you. Today, I want to chat about emotion stuffing because I'm grossly guilty of it. Your mileage may vary, of course, but emotion stuffing has been a big player in my lost friendships and relationships over the years. What's emotion stuffing? Well, it's pretty much as it sounds. Uh, You're going about your life as usual, and something happens, and this feeling creeps in that you don't like. Maybe you're not exactly in the space to deal with that emotion. Like, maybe if you're in public, like at school or work, or maybe you just especially hate it, like me with expressing the anger I feel when someone pisses me off. If you if you can't deal with that sneaky emotion, what are you supposed to do with it? I mean, it can't come out right now. That's not going to happen. So you stuff it. Whatever it is you're feeling, you enlist the help of whatever muscles are nearest to that feeling in your body. Grab it and shove that bad boy away. Now's not the time. Go away. So, okay, don't slay me for this, but I'm going to go back to Emily Nagoski's book for a minute. Come as you are, in case you missed it from uh, the first episode. Even without medication and an emotion-dismissing culture, our ultra-social human brains are really good at self-inhibition, stopping the stress response mid-cycle because now is not an appropriate time for feels. We use this self-inhibition in order to facilitate social cooperation, i.e. not freak anybody out. But unfortunately, our culture has eliminated all appropriate times for feels. We've locked ourselves, culturally, into our own fear, rage, and despair. We must build time, space, and strategies for discharging our stress response cycles. I have to wonder where we learn this self-inhibition. Was it our parents disregarding our hurt knees when we fell and scraped them? Was it when we were crying out about, you know, how our sibling wronged us somehow and we were loudly chastised, you better stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about? Have our peers contributed to this by laughing at us when the emotions come up, teaching us that public displays of emotion aren't permissible? Thinking back... I learned it sometime before the age of seven, though the details are missing. The one lone memory I have that stands out is this one. I'm angry at something. I don't even remember what it was anymore, but I'm angry. And I storm off to my room, and I slam the door. Still angry, I storm off to my bed, and I grab the closest stuffed animal and throw it at my door. Once it hit the door, I immediately felt remorse. I didn't understand why I felt the way I did. 
and my stuffed animal. I mean, I loved my stuffed animal, so why would I hurt it because I was mad? At the age of seven, I made the conscious decision to curb my anger from that point forward. I was always so proud of that. Like, man, was I just this great little cognizant being who saw that what anger could do and nip that right in the bud before it got out of control. No one was going to see that terrible, senseless emotion from me. Here's the kicker. All I learned that day was to invalidate myself. Sit with that for a moment. I taught myself at the age of seven that my feelings are not worth expressing or sharing. That they're unsafe. That they're invalid. I taught myself that normal emotions are undesirable and are better left for me to deal with. No one ever taught me otherwise either. I have 27 years of invalidation to overcome that I help teach myself and others help solidify. When I felt the anger well up inside of me, I clenched it tightly. I subdued it with whatever I had inside me to be the better person and not let the other person know, you know, they were getting to me. To be fair, I do feel it helped minimize additional ridicule, ridicule in school. That was a tough one. Um, since, you know, classmates couldn't get a rise out of me. But I also never actually dealt with the feelings I had. I stuffed them down, and that's where they stayed. My goal was to assimilate, to not draw attention to myself so I wouldn't become a target. Acknowledging feelings or responding to them meant that I was at risk of being seen. I remember another time as a child where I wanted my parents to stop calling me a kid. I remember the stepbastard laughing and asking me what I was then, if not a kid. I was adamant that I was a child, but being so young, I didn't know how to properly convey why I felt that way. So because I couldn't figure out how to explain the difference, I was laughed at and left feeling unheard and subsequently disregarded. Since my feelings and wishes didn't seem to matter to others, it only helped cement the invalidation of my feelings. I started stuffing other emotions because why bother? I wasn't going to be heard anyway. As an adult in my 30s, I struggle speaking up for myself. I struggle actually speaking. I kind of feel like the experience where I couldn't differentiate kid from child and why it mattered to me played a part in this. There's nothing quite like feeling so strongly about something, but being unable to defend yourself and then being made to feel foolish for trying. I feel more comfortable writing things out, so I can take my time with my thoughts and orchestrate them in a way that hopefully helps other people fully understand my position. I can defend myself better when I write. Surprise! Uh, <laughs> it's driven many a man up the wall, too. One would read my letters and never respond to them verbally or by writing a response. It just wouldn't. And nearly all the others, they would express great frustration that I wouldn't actually talk about anything and resorted to writing instead. 
making me feel guilty about how I handled things that were difficult for me. I still feel guilty when I think back to all those situations where I was called out for writing instead of talking. No matter how often I got chastised for writing instead of speaking, it didn't change how I chose to approach things. It was either the written word or silence. And since the written words weren't always well received, silence was the answer. And with silence came emotion stuffing. Closing in on how all this has impacted my friendships and relationships, I mean, it's harmed them. Most of my friendships have a lifespan of like two to four years, and my relationships with men have been similar, similar in length. My husband and I have been married for five years, together for six, but the same shit that has impacted my past relationships has snuck in and threatened our marriage. Imagine being married to someone who doesn't really talk to you, or doesn't make efforts to engage with you, or you know, doesn't talk much about anything. They don't ask for what they need or voice opinions on, well, anything. It's a miserable existence for both parties. I mean, if you're not nourishing each other or helping each other or communicating and connecting, where do you think the relationship is going? But that's exactly who I've been. My inability to speak up for myself and demand that I be heard just encouraged me to retreat. Once I start to feel like my words don't matter, that's all I can see. So if I don't matter to someone else, my own perceptions, mind you, I quit sharing. I withdraw. On the surface, that might sound reasonable, but is it really? Like, if someone talks over me once, and I don't call them out on it, but just take that as a, a sign and begin withdrawing, is that really reasonable? Is it? I'm thinking it's not. What it is, though, is an inability to set boundaries. And with me, it's such a twisted web of core beliefs that may or may not make sense. This is why I'm in therapy. I thought for many years that I could figure things out on my own. While I've made some progress with some things, it's become very obvious that the things I'm battling are buried deeper than I can reach. It hasn't mattered how much I know I need to speak up if I want things to change. It physically feels impossible. I've stuffed those emotions so far and so well that even acknowledging what I'm feeling and why is foreign to me. And if I can tap into what and why I'm feeling a certain way, bringing the words up to the surface and out is next to impossible. I'm scared to talk. Scared to admit how I feel. I feel like my words could destroy another person if I said them. Or... I feel like I won't be heard, or I'll be discounted, shrugged off, or invalidated for admitting how I feel. Or worse yet, someone will try to argue with me about how I feel, as if my emotions aren't actually my own. And then, that makes me feel angry. And remember, I don't do anger, 
So time to stuff that down because it's such an unbecoming emotion. It's a, a shitty cycle once you get into the habit of stuffing emotions, if you haven't noticed. Truthfully, that's another reason for this podcast. To give me an avenue to practice saying the things I'm feeling without having to say them to another person and see their response. It gives me that chance to put my shit out there without being interrupted. Going forward, I want my friendships and relationships to have substance. I can be a fun person, and I've been one a time or three, but I want more consistency there. I want to be able to feel freely and express myself freely, knowing that the people near to me respect and value me as I am, and not the person I think they want to see and be around. When you stuff your emotions away, you take away your right to feel those feelings. You teach your body to ignore things that are important to your continued growth and well-being. You limit your ability to meaningfully contribute to other people's lives and stories. You limit your ability to connect with other, other people. Unstuffing those emotions isn't the only means to this end, but it's a start. To connect with people on a meaningful level, you need to share vulnerabilities with them. You need to be vulnerable with them. Not everyone, mind you, but those you feel closest to. And to be vulnerable, you need to know what your emotions are, and have access to them, and be willing and able to share them. As scary as it seems, you need to dig up those sun-loving emotional plants and get them out from the understory of the towering trees and move them to a place where they'll grow, grow and flourish. Uproot them carefully and move them only at a few at a time so you can make sure they're doing well in their new spot. Water them well and tend to their needs. And those plants that prefer the canopy of the trees but are withering away in the bright light, move those too. Not every emotion needs to take center stage, but they do, no do need a place where they can be seen when needed and given the same care and consideration that the others get. Sometimes I do feel silly talking in metaphors, but then the other part of me doesn't really care what you all think about that. So, take it or leave it. Do you have space to freely deal with or acknowledge your own emotions? What does it look like? Shoot me an email at questionyourgarden at gmail.com, because I'd really be interested in hearing about it. Anywho... Thanks for listening, guys. Your support means a lot to me, even if it's just a simple share on social media or to a friend or family member who you feel might enjoy the podcast, too. Also, I can't forget to give a shout-out to both Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and Scott Buckley at scottbuckley.com.au for the music transitions they provided for use in the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for any links or additional information from the episode. Until next time, keep weeding. Mm -hmm.